You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javano Kelly live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of the African Father in America podcast. My name is Simon Javan Okelo. I am in Seattle, Washington, and uh, I'm really, really privileged to be here with you for today's incredible show. I have a really special guest that I'm going to introduce to you in just a moment. Uh, but as you all know, whenever we are here for the African Father in America podcast, we also come here with uh, a new African proverb. So our proverb today is coming all the way from Zambia, and it says that uh, it's inevitable uh, it's inevitable that two things will rub against each other it's inevitable that two things will rub against each other i want you to share in the comments uh, whether you're watching on youtube on uh, twitter on facebook on linkedin uh, or on tiktok let me know in the comments what this proverb means for you and uh, i'll take this opportunity to now just welcome my beautiful uh, guest uh, my wonderful guest today is uh, Samona J. Balson. Did I did I pronounce your name correctly, Samona? Yes, you pronounced it correctly. Oh, perfect, perfect. How are you doing this morning? I am doing great, and I'm honored to be here. Yes, I'm also honored to have you here. Uh, you're doing incredible work uh, in the community uh, with your wonderful organization, uh, Gifts of Hope. Samona is the executive director of Gifts of Hope that uh, has a vision uh, of extending the gift of hope to as many of our brothers and sisters as possible with the hope that the impacts that uh, they make can change their lives forever. So Samona is also one of the special, special guests that we are featuring for this uh, Women's History Month uh, series. Uh, this is a series of conversation that I'm having with powerful, incredible women here in Washington State where I live uh, and um, you know the work that she does is really why we are highlighting her but also she did a lot of work during the pandemic uh, to help keep the community together so uh, this episode is made possible by common by Health Commons Project Health Commons Project uh, you know a big shout out to Dua and uh, all the staff members at Health Commons Project who made this possible so uh, as usual with the Daily African Proverbs, this show is known as the Daily African Proverbs, but the podcast is the African Father in America podcast. And we normally dissect these uh, African Proverbs in a way that we have a deeper understanding. We ground ourselves in, uh, in what our ancestors could have been thinking about when they left this proverb behind. So remember that the proverb is from Zambia. And Zambia is in Southern Africa, right next to Malawi and uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe. And it says it is inevitable that two things will rub against each other. So I'm going to share three nuggets of wisdom related to this proverb. And then I'm going to give my guest an opportunity to also speak about this proverb briefly. And then right after that, we are going to go deep. We are going to learn a little more about gifts of hope. We are going to learn about uh, Samona's story because I love asking my guests uh, to share with me what it is that inspires uh, who they are today. Because all of us have stories 
that started somewhere. So today we are going to talk briefly uh, about uh, the story of Samona that inspires the amazing work that Samona is doing. Um, now, when you think about this proverb from Zambia, it is inevitable that two things will rub against each other. There are three nuggets of wisdom that I want to speak to just briefly. Uh, the first one is that conflict and friction are a natural part of human relationships and interactions. You can never avoid them. Number two, conflicts can be a powerful catalyst for growth and change. You know, don't just avoid conflicts totally as it allows, to, it allows us to explore different perspectives, it challenges our assumptions, and it allows us to develop new skills and strategies for solving problems. Number three, conflicts and um, tension and, uh, you know, what this proverb is telling us is that when we, we can turn difficult uh, situations into opportunities for learning and growth and a deeper understanding of ourselves. Many of you who watch the African Father in America podcast consistently know that I'm a father of three girls. And uh, I have to tell you that with my girls, we are always dealing with conflicts. We are always dealing with happiness. And so uh, life is about finding a balance between joy and conflicts and happiness. It's all a part of this story. But Samona, I want you to also speak to this proverb. It is, it is inevitable that two things will rub against each other. When we shared this proverb with you, what is it that came to your mind? Uh, thank you so much. I think what comes to my mind is uh, a current program that we have now for young uh, children of African descent. And it, it's a rites of passage program which teaches the, the children about their culture, where they come from. They're, we're not just from America, but we, we come from Africa. And so what we do is we educate the kids and you know we believe that it takes a village to raise a child. So what we do is we come together um, we teach them about financial literacy. We teach them about who they are, whose they are, what they're capable of doing in this world. But most importantly, we connect them back to Africa so that they know the strong people that they come from. And our goal is to build up uh, young children here of African descent so that they'll know that I can do anything. I'm capable of doing anything. And so we're bringing that world of education and knowledge and um, self-discovery to a child to show them that, um, you know, this, the, the young children that sit next to us in class who may come from a different background, we're just as great as them. And so we're, we're bringing those two worlds and they're going to collide and we're going to educate them and we're going to build up and empower our youth. I love that. I love that so much. Now, uh, you know, for those who are joining us on TikTok, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on, uh, on Twitter, I just thank you so much for taking your time. Uh, to join us for the show make sure that uh, you subscribe to my youtube channel and give this video a thumbs up and also leave us with your comment you know what is it that you've had so far uh, during this conversation with the incredible samona that uh, you also want to comment on feel free to also share your your comments uh, in regards to the proverb from zambia it is inevitable that two things will rub against each other so if you don't know Samona yet, she's the executive director of Gifts of Hope. And Samona, what's the website for Gifts of Hope? Is it www.giftsofhope.org? Uh, it's www.givinggiftsofhope.org. 
Excellent. So make sure you check out that website and donate. We like to support our local non-profit organizations. But uh, Samona, take us a little back uh, to a time when you were maybe 8 uh, to 16 uh, and share with us something that happened that really continues to drive you. Uh, you know, I share my own story that when I was 8 years old, my mother gave me a bicycle. And uh, this was back in Kenya before I moved here. And she gave me a bicycle and she asked me to help her distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood. So every day in the morning I would wake up and uh, get milk and bread to different small, small shops and kiosks. And she taught me how to be a businessman from my young age, make a little money from my young age. And that's why I have the discipline to wake up uh, at 4 a.m. most of the mornings here in Seattle. And I'm getting a lot of things done and people always ask, how is Simon doing all of this? And I credit it back to my mother during those years. Share with us something similar that really continues to drive you because you're one of the few leaders that are willing to have a conversation with me because this is an early morning show. <laughs> well, I think my story is similar to yours um, in that my mother was a giver. And so sometimes what you see is what you duplicate. And so I would at that age, I would see my mother giving to neighbors in need, um, individuals in need when we come out of the store and we see some uh, a person who might be homeless asking for money. And so I think it's the eight-year-old and me, you know, looking down and seeing what my mother does and how it brings happiness to others. And so I too, when I was eight years old, I wanted to do different odd jobs. And so when I would do the odd jobs and get paid, most of my money would go to helping others. And so I would, you know, my favorite holiday was Christmas. And so um, I love to give gifts. And I, I learned that my mother extended hope to individuals. And so later on in the years, I created gifts of hope. And I continue to give gifts to others, you know, extending hope and letting them know that you too can be something. You too can overcome. I love that. I love that. Uh, the way that uh, we sharpen each other, we support each other is, is, is just beautiful. You described it really well. And I feel that that is what your organization, uh, Gifts of Hope, is is doing. Uh, you have a beautiful vision, you know, uh, where you're extending the gift of hope, you know, uh, to others, especially our brothers and sisters who are in need. Share with us why you started the Gifts of Hope and, and uh, maybe one story of uh, what makes you most proud of this work. What is it that... Uh, even if you are facing, you know, as I, I'm also a non-profit organization founder, and one of the challenges is always sometimes you write grants and you g just get no, no, no. But there is something that keeps you going. There is something that tells you that, you know, I'll smile even though there is a challenge. What is that one thing? I think um, when I first started out, it was very difficult to get uh, funding. And so I had to be creative with it. And so what I did was uh, we started out in the tiny house villages uh, here in South Seattle. And so we went into the villages, we asked them what it was we could help them with. They had 54 individuals there. And so they said, um, we need clothes, we need shoes. You know, it would be nice to have snacks for our children. And so I got the community together uh, to supply the things that they needed. And instead of getting funding, we got in-kind donations. So we had organizations to donate socks, clothing, shoes, and we were able to provide a lot for um, many people throughout South Seattle. And so it started off with in-kind donations 
And it began to grow to individuals in the community reaching out and saying, hey, you know, here's a hundred dollars here. And you know, the, the amounts, they started to stack up. And so it's really the community before I received donations, it was the community that came together and said, I know someone who works at Nike. I know someone who works at uh, any store that you can list. I, I've met people at different stores who just gave in-kind donations. I've had seniors from senior citizen homes make blankets that we were able to distribute to those in the tiny house village. So we really came together as a community um, to make this happen. And the grants, they came thereafter. But um, just to give you a couple examples of the impact that we have on people is that uh, there was a little boy who was four years old. Uh, he was sleeping in the van with his parents and that's all he knew. Uh, he was born, when he was born, you know, they uh, resided inside of the, the van and he was there until four years old. And so when I came in contact with him, the first thing he said is, I wanna go to school. I want, to, I want a teacher, I want to meet my teacher. And so they moved into the tiny house village um, and I helped them to get into preschool. I helped him get all his shots and everything. And so when he came back from that first day of school, he was just smiling. We made sure we got him a haircut and everything. He was smiling and he said, I went to school and I met my teacher and he was just so proud. And he was proud of basic things that most of our kids get, but we take for granted that not all kids get that opportunity. And he was just, every day um, until this day, he wakes up super early just to get his opportunity to go to school. Um, that's one example. Another example is, um, you know, we gave a man a pair of shoes. He hadn't had a pair of shoes in about five years. And when we gave it to him, a grown 45 year old man broke down in tears. And that just shows the impact of what we're capable of, you know, doing. If even if you have nothing, you have something to give. And so those are a couple examples of the impact, you know, within our community and how we can help and how we got started with the community. It's powerful. What you're doing is powerful. And uh you 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 got you know, you 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 made me uh, travel that journey and and feel the feeling that this little boy felt, uh, the feeling that this 45-year-old man felt. Uh, what you're doing is really really incredible, uh, and I thank you. I thank you really from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I want to ask you to just start thinking about some of these questions that I want us to talk about next. Uh, around, um, you know, the impact of COVID-19 in your community. Uh, think about that. It's uh, one of the things I want us to talk about in a moment. But I want to come back to our audience members. I see your comments. I deeply appreciate it. I want to know where in the world you're joining us from, you know. Uh, I know some of you are joining us on Twitter. Thank you. On LinkedIn, on Facebook, uh, and on TikTok, and also right here on YouTube. So, Make sure you are leaving us with your comments so that we know exactly where you're joining us from and also what it is that uh, is inspiring you out of this conversation that we are having with Samona, uh, the executive director of Gifts of Hope. So Samona, you know, you're one of the few leaders that were selected for this uh, special interview series uh, for Women's History Month, highlighting women from the black and African community that did amazing work when it came to mitigating COVID-19. Share with us some of the impacts or the effects of COVID-19 in your community. I think the biggest um, 
I think the biggest ask for individuals that were in our community during COVID is food, uh, food and uh, clothing and back to school supplies. And so we partner with Northwest Harvest to get individual meals. Uh, we reached out to other restaurants and we asked them as well to donate food so that we could do door drop deliveries to many people who are in need. There were plenty of families that were lined up. If we would start giving food out at eight o'clock, they'd be out there at six o'clock. I had a grandmother of eight who came with a suitcase to fill up her suitcase full of food to take back to her um, grandchildren that lived with her. And so I think that the impact we had was uh, if you can't make it in the morning to come and get foods, we'll, we'll do a door drop delivery to you to make sure you have food. And so the difficulty became that many people um, caught on to the need. And so everyone was kind of having their hands on the pot. Um, and so sometimes when a lot of hands are from the pot, um, that means that um, the food uh, that's supposed to be distributed uh, can't be distributed. And so the smaller organizations kind of had to uh, back away so that the larger organizations would come in. And so then we had to reach out, you know, to different areas. And I would go to restaurants and say, you know, can you donate 10 meals a day so that we can feed this family? And so it was really difficult. Um, but you also have to remember that, you know, you can't say, you can't help everyone. There's other people out there to help, but it, it was, um, yeah, pretty difficult. And we were able to get masks to them. We were able to get hand sanitizer, all the things that one would need for COVID. Um, we received donations and I'm grateful that um, we were never at a place where we had nothing. You know, just when we thought we were gonna have nothing, something came in, even if it was a smaller amount. So the impact was great. And we continued to do uh, some community events, but at each community event, we'd have a COVID clinic set up for to make it easier, especially for our community, because sometimes we don't like to go out. And so what I did was I brought it to the community where they could come and they can get COVID shots, boosters, um, any type of supplies that they need. So um, I would say that we tried to make things easier for our community and also educate them as well. And so sometimes we'd go door to door with translators so that they could understand what COVID is about, what's going on, um, how it can impact your family, things you can do to take care of yourself. Wow, 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 thank you, thank you. You know, you continue to inspire me and also I love that, uh, you know, you set yourself up for today's conversation in a way that your voice is so clear, your lighting is so perfect. And I honestly feel like I could have a conversation with you for hours and hours and hours because there's so much layers in the work that you do. And the more you are opening these layers, the the more inspired I feel, you know. And uh, I want you to take us a little further, though, uh, when it comes to the, the work that you've been doing around COVID-19. Uh, do you think that this work is still needed? Uh, do you, would you like to continue doing this work uh, if there was sufficient funding available? You know, part of why we're having this conversation is because uh, the Washington State's Department of Health is uh, providing, you know, over $10 million for organizations like yours in partnership with Health Commons Project who are making today's episode possible. And I want you to speak about whether if there is funding, you'd invest more of your resources and time into doing, uh, you know, into mitigating these problems, because I don't think this is over yet. No, not, not at all. And I think that um, education is still needed. Um, every event 
in the last three years that I've had, we make sure we have a COVID clinic and the numbers haven't decreased as far as people walking over to the clinic, um, getting, getting a booster, getting information or just asking questions because we have translators there. And so it's no, it's definitely not, not over. And there are individuals that I know just last week who got COVID. It's not over, you know, and the children, our children who are going to schools, they seem to be getting it <laughs> quite a bit. And so I think the education is needed. Um, again, going door to door to help certain communities. Um, I have a large um, Gambian, uh, Ethiopian, uh, Somalian, and Nigerian community. And so it's educating them. And again, you know, I know my people and I know that I have to go to them. They're not going to come out all the time. And so I try to put my events in the community where they are. And uh, or again, go door to door with a translator to help them understand it, help them understand that it's not over. You still need to wear your mask, you know, at most events, um, it's not over. It's, it's important to clean your hands. And so no, the education is still great and the education is still needed. And I hope to, with future events, continue to educate the community on COVID. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. For those who are joining us, my name is Simon Javan Ukelo. I am the host of the African Father in America podcast. And I've really, really been privileged uh, over the last few weeks. I have partnered with uh, Health Commons Project and uh, I am having conversations here as part of Women's History Month. We are highlighting amazing women here in Washington state that are doing wonderful work. Uh, to really transform our communities. And that's why this morning I am having a conversation with Samona J. Balson, who is the executive director of Gifts of Hope. And Gifts of Hope is an amazing organization that is extending the gift of hope to our brothers and sisters and really ensuring that the impact that they're giving people transforms their lives forever. You know, she shared amazing stories here with me or examples of some of the people that they've touched their lives. So make sure that you are, you're visiting their website. Uh, Samona, share your website one more time. I want to make sure that uh, a few people who are watching can connect and support and donate to your organization. Sure. My website is www.givinggiftsofhope.org. Wonderful, wonderful. So we are coming towards the end of our program today. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I would love for you to share is that some of the some of the lessons that you've learned over the over the last two years uh, in in helping support the community uh, mitigate co the impacts of COVID-19. Uh, what are some of your recommendations uh, to those who are watching and listening? But also now that there is some funding coming through the community driven outreach program, what do you recommend for them? Because a lot of the time, uh, you know, government institutions, foundations that are providing funding, they just distribute the funding. They don't have conversations like this where they talk to leaders who are in the front line. And this is a beautiful opportunity for you to actually share with them what they need to do with this money. With this money, I think what they need to do is keep on educating the communities. And sometimes um, the communities of color are forgotten. And so it's important to educate them by going directly into the communities, 
talking to the people. Um, I know in the past that sometimes when you have food, that brings people out. <laughs> and so they're interested in hearing what you have to say. But um, just having events and um, setting up booths and COVID clinics uh, for the individuals. And again, there's power in going to knock on the doors of the individual and talking to them about it. There's power in going to churches, going to mosques to talk about it. And so, um, we hand out flyers. It's important to hand out flyers, go door to door, uh, let them know what's going on in the community. And we can't forget and think that this is over because, you know, and with the drop of the hat, it can return. And so we all have to be educated. And that just means everybody, not just individuals who can speak English, but that's for everybody. You know, it, it's going into communi communities, talking with the people, and, it, and it's just important to take those dollars to educate the people because we're all in this together. You know, if I rise, you rise. And so it's important for us to extend our hand back and grab our brother and sister and say, let's go, let's walk together. You know what I know, let's get through this. I love that, I love that. Now, I want you to think about your closing remarks. Uh, I want to read a few comments from our audience members who have been watching and paying attention. Uh, Lavender, who is joining us from Seattle, says greetings. And uh, Brother brother Art, who is joining us from North Carolina, says greetings, family. And uh, I see uh, MC Subira is also just saying hello. And I also see uh, a high school colleague of mine, Ken Abala, who is joining us from Kenya. And of course, he says, uh, I'm super proud of you, brother. And he says that he wants gifts of hope to open branches outside America. <laughs> what do you say about that? I, I think it's I think it's beautiful. As I mentioned, we're, we're creating a rites of passage program and we're educating our youth um, and we're taking them back to Ghana actually this August. And then next year, the rites of passage program, we're actually gonna go to Ghana. So we're looking for someone in Ghana for a contact. Uh, we wanna take our kids back there and just educate them and show them, you know, the power of our people and what it's like to be in a place where it's majority you, where you see people that look like you. So I, that's something I've been considering, you know, and God willing, I will get to that point. Wonderful, wonderful, thank you. Now, um, what do you want to say that I never asked you? What, uh, what comments do you want to say, uh, you know, to maybe, maybe, maybe the community members that know you, uh, but also people who are meeting you for the first time, if, you know, just your closing remarks? I think that um, everything that in life, it happens for a reason, and everything that we experience prepares us for where we're going to go. And I know that I'm here because of the experiences that I've had. I know that you're there because of the experiences you've had. And it's just important to pay attention to our experiences and it'll show us what we're called to be. And it's just important to find out what you're called to be. And once you find that out, you're equipped with the tools to go out into the world and to, you know, for most of it, it's helping others. And so it, I think it's important to know, you know, not just where you come from, but why you're here on this earth and just, once you find that out, go out into the world and, and share the gift that you've been giving. It's just important. You know, we have limited time on this earth. It's just important to go out and to do whatever it is that you're called and just tap into that. And um, we have a strong community and uh, I just want to see the best for us. I want to see us to rise up and know who we are, know whose we are and what we're capable of doing in this world and go out there and make a difference. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, before we wrap up, I just want to let my audience members know that we are doing Madaraka Festival 
uh, and I just added the flyer there. I'm, I've been organizing Madaraka Festival for nine years, and we will be at Benaroya Hall in Seattle, Washington on May 26th. We will be in Avin Plaza in New York on May 16th, and Atlanta May 21st at Bucket Theater, and May 24th in Dallas. So go to madarakafestival.com and learn more. Uh, again, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, uh, Samona. I really want to come and visit you in person and uh, just experience your work and break bread. Uh, and, you know, one day when you make it to Kenya, I'll actually have to organize uh, a ceremony where we will slaughter a chicken or a goat for you just to honor the amazing work that you're doing. Because in my culture, when you when you bring in a guest who is doing incredible things, you have to you have to find uh, an animal that you can slaughter in their honor. And so you deserve something like that. So thank you again for all the work that you do. Excellent. So to our viewers, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Make sure you leave us with your comments there, uh, whether you're on, on TikTok, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. I just want you all to know that you're deeply, deeply appreciated. I can't do this without you. So I'll see you again tomorrow for another episode of the African Father in America podcast. Remember, our proverb for today was from Zambia, and it is inevitable that two things will rub against each other. That's the proverb. So take care of yourselves. Bye, Samona. Take care of yourself. Keep up the good work. Thank you. African Father in America. You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokel live from Seattle.